Hey everyone, welcome to Admit One with G Money. Please welcome today's guest, OMG Kirby. What up, what up? How we doing? Thank you for taking the time for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I we collabed on uh, on the pop up where you did the uh, the soundtrack um, yeah. for the pop up that we did in Art Basel, Miami, and I had a couple of people asking me like like where they could get the song and, and stuff like that. So oh really? Um, I yeah, I really like the beat too. So it was, it nice. was really really cool, and uh, and I know that was kind of like. I wouldn't say that was last second, but it was like it, it wasn't it, it was spun up together like pretty quickly. Um, yeah, you were you were really easy to work with. Like, you know, we 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 were introduced and, you know, I think we had a I think it was a 30 minute or 60 minute call to see how we vibed. And, you know, I I thought that that was really cool. I, I like I had a great time with that. And uh, it was awesome. I mean, I'm always inspired yeah, by what yeah. you're doing in the, in the clothing line and everything that you guys are you guys are building. So it was, it was amazing to be a part of it. And uh, it was fun. And, and we're fast. Yeah, you know? and, As people will see today. We're quick with the music you know and i know we've had this discussion uh of making the uh the intro song for admit one yeah uh, yeah like let, let's get it can we start making one right now like let's, let's, let's start it. let's start figuring out how this gets let's started I, I like let's see how the magic happens because i've never i i've never produced song before so i'd love to to kind of see right. what it's like behind the scenes yeah well i need i need your live feedback as, as we're doing oh, this we, you said, okay, you, we, so i think we have five minutes right is, is that what yeah, 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 like a five minute what, counter that's what lisa's telling me yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's sometimes like uh, creating creating a, a time constraint just forces forces good creativity. I know when I was in, in okay. school, procrastination led to, led to good output for me. So All right, um, same, same. All right, so yeah, yeah. We'll start with the five minute counter starting and now. All right, you <laughs> so said you some let me know what you need from me. All right, all right. You sent some crazy references. You said you sent Fleetwood Mac to Biggie to Diddy to Bad Bunny. So like I was like I don't know. <laughs> All right, maybe that's. I, was, uh, I mean, I was all over the place. I can. Can I add one more reference right now or no? Okay. Yeah. Give me. Yeah. Right, one more. Is, um. So the uh the opening credits to White Lotus season two. I can't stop listening. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I know I this, uh, this, make, <laughs> this probably makes it even harder. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess for those that are that are listening at home uh, or watching at home, basically you asked me for some reference tracks, right, for inspiration, like yep. a couple of days ago. So I sent over uh, Juicy by Biggie, Dreams by Flitwood Mac, uh, Me Porto Bonito by Bad Bunny, <laughs> Back That Ass Up by Juvenile, Ghosts and Stuff by Dead Mouse, and All About the Benjamins by Diddy. And those That's were like right. the reference. And then I just added uh, White Lotus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm, de I'm definitely like all over the place with, with everything. All right, all right. Sound, I love it. I love it. Well, let me post some guitar. Uh, this little guitar sample here. Let me, uh, let me play this. Are you liking that? Can I chop that up? Yeah, that would that would be Alright, chop this up. I think we're a little more like hip hop and like upbeat with this, because like you sent like Biggie and like Juvenile and Diddy, like we're I figure really, how to do that really stuff. running the gamut, right? Exactly, exactly. Alright, well we're like a minute in, so I gotta go I gotta go fast. So alright, let's uh I'll chop. I'm gonna chop this this uh this little guitar loop up right now. Let's see if you like this. All right, you fuck with that? Yeah, that's, that sounds pretty cool. All right, all right. Let me lay some drums down. 
feeling I, I the mean, vibe I like right now. That, that, I, I like the vibe. The vibe's good. Don't worry. I'll get the. I'll get some white lotus thing. <laughs> we'll find I, some. I, I, I'm gonna find like a, like some weird trippy. All right. What are you doing with this sound? This is kind of a weird trippy drum loop. I, I like that. I like this feels white lotus. See? Yeah, it does. All right. Let me add this. We're two, two minutes, minutes left. Two minutes left? All right. Yeah. All right, it's getting more white like Odyssey. some trippy white lotus drums right now yeah. that will like old school hip-hop chopping up a guitar sample this feels bright you want to you want to like meet, keep people happy keep people feel uplifted yeah. in this podcast. Yeah. so all right let me add this bass how much time we got we we got 10 seconds left 10 seconds? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes might have been ambitious. All right. Well, okay, let me, let all me... right. Well, well, let's go. Let's go over. I mean, right, like, we, right. we got time. The, the good thing about this is there's no hard stop on it. But that's, I mean, that's true. That's true. I, I think that was a lot of good progress in five minutes. All right. Let me let me just arrange this stuff really quick. Let me just uh, right. I'll arrange it into a little like eight bar, 16 bar loop. I mean, it's how long is the podcast intro usually? It's only like seven minutes. No, it's like it's like twenty seconds. <laughs> it's like twenty seconds. All right, let me let me arrange this in a twenty second twenty second loop. Well, hold on, I'm just uh, I'm putting that together. What music did you grow up on? What was like? What was your? Uh, what was the main stuff you were always I mean, listening to? I mean, it was like so. I'd say like a lot of Biggie, like East Coast hip hop, Diddy. Yeah. Uh, like I think it really started Nirvana um, when I was like twelve or thirteen, like right before high school, and then. In high school, I got into like a lot of a lot of hip hop. That's like yeah. probably like my freshman sophomore year is when I, I really started going, and that was obviously like you know the rise of you know East Coast West Coast hip hop and all that stuff. So and growing up in New York, very heavily influenced obviously by East Coast. Yeah, no, I I, I mean I grew up on so much Biggie. I, I like it's yeah. I was always East Coast hip hop over like the West Coast stuff. I mean I, I yeah. And you grew up? Did you grow up on West Coast? East Coast. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's, that's probably that's probably why. Obviously, what do you listen to these days? What's like? What's the number one track for you? Um, honestly, I don't have that much time to listen to music. The uh, <laughs> I, mean, I listen yeah. like I live in Puerto Rico, so I feel like I, I listen to a lot of reggaeton now, um, all mm-hmm. the time, and and salsa. Like I, it's so right now. There's like this big festival called uh, the Festival of San Sebastian, which is okay. technically like the official end of the Christmas season in Puerto Rico. So little known fact um if you live outside of puerto rico puerto rico christmas season like officially starts the day after halloween and it ends like no on sunset which is like today or tomorrow and so it's yeah. it's pretty much like three and a half months so this is like the final party where like the entire old city shuts down everybody's out there like street festival and stuff 
So like you go out there, there's like tons of salsa dancing, tons of like partying, you know, bomba, like all this stuff. So it, it's pretty cool. But I'd say living in the Caribbean, I get a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of bad bunny influence right now, uh, reggaeton in general. I was I was just in South America over the holidays, and eighty percent of the music they play is Bad Bunny. I love Bad Bunny. I'm a, I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big Bad yeah, Bunny bad fan. Bunny but it's crazy, awesome. like he's taken over like any Latin music, reggaeton stuff. Yeah. It's like they're not playing anybody else. It's just that's just that new album, the entire album. They just yeah. like the club just yep. plays it like literally top Dude. to bottom. It's and crazy. Then, yeah, and everybody knows every lyric. It's crazy. Like the it's, song it's, comes out, it's, and everybody knows every lyric like twenty four hours later. I'm like, how have you even had time to listen to all the songs? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, the guy's he's crushing it. He's crushing it. Oh yeah, no, he's 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 insane. All right, I got a little. I'm just honestly because I've been talking to you, I don't even know what this is gonna sound like. Yeah. I'm just taking what we made and like popping <laughs> right. it up and building a little arrangement here. All right, but we got a. Uh, I think we got about. This is gonna be about 20 seconds. Let's see. Let's play. <laughs> We'll clean it up a little bit. Like we'll like make it vibe more. Lisa, do you approve? Lisa approves. Lisa approves. Lisa says it's cool. Is it, I, All right. I think it's a. And Lisa, like, she's. I, I see her back here. She's. She keeps jamming her head. So. It's, it's good. <laughs> All right. We got. We got the Lisa approval. Then we're good. That's a, actually. That's we're we're gonna know if she likes it if it's if it's on the intro to the, to this podcast. That's, that's exactly right. We we don't want to yeah. go for this one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if it's exactly. not on, you're you're gonna you're you're just gonna know like fuck. Lisa. I'm like, yeah, Lisa wasn't Lisa wasn't vibing with it. I'll 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 clean up and add some little white lotusy uh shouts and scream things and like little like whistles right. and then and then yeah, we'll, we'll get it going. <laughs> there we go. Five minutes. Uh, dude, we'll that was some. awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Uh, man. Dude, that was awesome. This, now when you make it, um, cause like Cause here's the thing is it's like, I like every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, like I want to like produce music and I want to be a DJ. And then I'm like, well, th that's like so much fucking work. But I remember I took DJ classes like a couple years ago and like DJ for me, like I think mixing two songs that like are already produced together. I didn't find that as compelling as like in Ableton where you can like produce music like on the go. And I think that that is like really cool when I see like people that are performing live that are literally like, making the beats live for people to jam yeah. to do you build on something like in ableton or are you building on something else it's all it's all ableton here i'll show you, I'll show you a little it's, set all ableton? it's all ableton here a little, a little and do you curvy. use like the push do you use like the push thing the the push button uh what am i saying? the push i, I have one of those yeah. i have one of those usually usually it's a synthesizer and a keyboard yeah okay but right. how, how I, I bought i bought an ableton push and like, I still, ha I've used it like once, but like, I'm like, dude, one day I'm going to figure out how to produce music live and then like go somewhere and spin on an Ableton, but like actually make music live because like it is way f like, I mean, yeah. I just made it sound like it was really easy, but it's like so fucking hard to do that and actually make it sound good. Right. When it's like, well, it's, it's like anything. It's like, it's, you know, it's once it. It feels like work until it's not. And then once it's not work, it's just like, oh, this is quick. It becomes almost like a new limb of, of what you're doing. You know, I think anyone like playing an instrument or playing a sport, right? It's just like it's challenging, challenging. And then you kind of like hit this threshold and you're like, oh, okay, now I learned how to express myself. And that's what I was talking about earlier. I think it's like, I think like kids' attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and with AI making things more easy and accessible. Like, I think it's going to make it so that, uh, 
if, if we can make the music creation process and everything more like intuitive and it doesn't have to be like, oh, looking at like a piano or looking at like an Ableton dog, because as you know, it actually is, it's really fun to mess around with it and, and do stuff, but it's also like hard to make good stuff. Um, then I think it'll be cool. It'll be cool yeah, for kids. I, next, next time, imagine making music's next like playing time a I'm in LA. Yeah. Yeah, like next time I'm out in LA, I'm, I'm gonna swing by so I can learn some Ableton tricks. Cause like ultimately what I want to do is take like some like, 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 Fleetwood Mac songs and like make them like, you know, house songs and like put them to beats that like I want where like I would want to listen to this in the club, like, you know, when I'm out oh, at yeah. one o'clock and like a bunch of like oldies, like even like old school hip hop songs or whatever it is. Right. And be like, how can I like mix these genres or like, you know, even salsa or like whatever. So I, I, I definitely would love next time I'm out there, I'll, I'll ping you. And uh, if, if you wouldn't mind giving me some Ableton tips, I, I got you, bro. To learn Next a little time. bit, so maybe I can start making a little bit of music. Let's do it, bro. Next time you're here, we'll make some some Fleetwood Mac house tracks and uh, some some it. big some mash up some Biggie over some White Lotus, you know? Yeah, exactly. I love, I love it. it. I love it. That's that's the jam. that's what I'm here for. I'm here so, for it too. Dude, uh, you know, I kind of want to <clears throat> talk about your transition from your tech background to your music career. How exactly did that happen? What was that process like? The, the the tech world was always an interesting way to kind of like, you know, it's always something I've, I've, I've been interested in. It was sort of where I, my, my career started professionally, but my passion was always music. And so um, I think in life, you got to kind of follow the passion. And I think also in the same way, tech was sort of my competitive advantage in a lot of ways, both from like a music creation standpoint, a marketing standpoint, a way to kind of like get into the industry because a lot of people would want the help in like understanding the tech world. And I'd be like, okay, I want to understand the music world as well too. So um, I kind of like use it almost as a, as like a superpower because I think that like being outside the box and thinking that way, both from a creative standpoint and, and what you're building and doing is, is always great versus sort of like being in the industry or coming up in that industry. And I think that's sort of what's led OMG Kirby to be pretty disruptive in like the web three space and, and jumping full foot into it and, and thinking kind of, uh, you know, strategically around how to like navigate and build in music and, and that, that, that space as well too versus like i think just only being in the music world only coming up in the music world you might kind of like think in that very sort of like linear sense so um yeah it's been it's kind of a unique combination but i think sort of it's what's led to omg kirby which i think is a pretty unique combination of things uh yeah no i i think it's it's really funny because i i feel like one of personally like my let's say competitive edges is the fact that you know, I am, I see the industry, because I come from a different angle, I see the industry in a different angle. Uh, and it seems like yeah. you do too, right? Because it's like, super interesting when you get people uh, from diverse backgrounds coming in with a fresh take on stuff. Yeah, no, I totally agree. 100%. It's, it's what creates new different stuff and allows people to kind of innovate. You know, I think it's like when you're just when you are only like in one area, and your experience is only one area, you kind of like you're taught a framework and a way of thinking. And it's, it can be challenging to kind of like get out of that. So um, I always look at life as like concentric circles, like experiences in different ways and like overlaps and concentric circles a bit. Like when you kind of like have enough concentric circles, like whatever all meets in the middle is going to be pretty interesting. I was excited for this conversation because I think with your tech background and understanding like the generative art space, I'm super curious as to your take on AI. Uh, from yeah. an artist perspective, because I know there's been a lot of debate on it. Um, I know I like, and we'll get into like my opinions on it, but I kind of wanted to understand uh, what, first off, like, let's start with like, what is your overall view of AI and how you think it affects the creative industry, like going forward? Because I think, 
I mean, even just in I, probably like the last six months, maybe even less, like I feel like AI came almost out of nowhere. Now, I know that's not true because people have been working on AI for, for years at this point, maybe decades. Uh, but I feel like it's really starting to come onto the scene as a disruptive force now. And I wanted to know what your thoughts were on it as a creative. Yeah, I mean, I think like <clears throat> machine learning AI has been something that for like, <clears throat> honestly, like decades people have been working on, right? But it's it wasn't until probably like, three months, six months ago, like you said, that they started building consumer products that kind of highlighted like the technology, right? Like a chat GPT or a Dolly um, or certain like photo editor apps and things like that that have led to kind of like a virality and a larger sort of um, understanding or awareness of it. But um, look, I think that there's a lot of people will go on chat GPT and use these things and be like, okay, we're all we're going to be rendered useless, you know, like instantaneously or like this thing can write a screenplay and like, why, why would we have writers for stuff? Um, and I, I love the tech. I think it's incredible. And I, I think that like AI and its development and its integration into like literally everyone's day to day lives, like is, is inevitable. I think from a creativity standpoint, um, we're still a ways away from it actually like AI being able to like, just make a hit song like on its own. Um, I think people kind of sometimes forget and underestimate the, the, the magic of like the human brain. Like we barely understand it and, and how complex and challenging it is. And I think a lot of what distinguishes us as humans from, from machine is that creativity is that sort of like emotional intelligence is that awareness, understanding and inspiration and like, you know, uh, just, just downloads of like inspiration that can happen at any moment. So I think that like, we're just a long ways away from that happening. But I think that AI is 100% gonna take over a lot of areas and, and, and things. And I think that it's going to be extremely disruptive to the music industry. Um, I, I think that like, it's gonna be kind of like a dance of, of AI and human. And I think that AI will, will sort of break down further barriers of people having to have like, musical knowledge and understanding to make music like already in the music industry there's been so much of that right like back when the beatles were making music like all those guys played instruments right they all went to like studios and were recorded on like analog uh mixing boards and they needed to like they had drummers that's where there's bands like the bands were like it was a band because to make the music you had to have the best people in the band with the instruments doing it like today hit songs are being made in like kids bedrooms because they're like downloading a loop on splice and then putting some drums on like fruity loops and then like uploading it to youtube and then some other kids grabbing the youtube beat and recording it on band lab and it's like a hit you know one of the biggest songs of the the, the last year that came out was this kid who literally recorded on uh, an iphone on band lab and he got the beat off youtube and there's a song called like romantic homicide by this kid david and so i think like for the past few years you've just seen these barriers getting broken down further and further of the accessibility to creativity and the tools to make and build and and, and you know, generate music. Um, I think AI is going to be extremely impactful in that world. Like if you talk, I'm, there's, I'm sure there's massive hit producers with like huge platinum records out there that literally don't understand one aspect of music theory or like don't even know what like, you know, a D sharp is. If you're like, like, you know, like, and, and I think that um, that's cool. You know, I think that like the, the human brain should be like about creativity, inspiration. And the reality is, is like music theory and all these things are just kind of constructs. Like, and I think great stuff can be made from breaking outside of that. And so I think that like, I'm imagining a world in which like AI kind of continues to make that simpler and easier to just allow uh, young people who are inspired trying to make music to be creative and help service the creativity. Right. And, and like, to your point, like there's a couple, there's a couple things that I want to go uh, down on like what you just said. 
but like it's funny because like you know sometimes like uh, I'll go to a party or like one of my friends is DJing and I'll be like oh like let me spin for like 15 20 minutes or whatever and then you know like I go in I just pick different tracks uh, and like then I, I just spin and some people are like oh my god like you're like great, like you're a natural, like whatever. And I'm like, dude, like I just did beat match. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. It was just, it's just like so simple, right? Where it's right. like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you actually had to like time the record, right? Like you actually had to like listen there. And like everything is just like so much easier now that it's like, okay, cool. I grew up playing an instrument. So I have like some understanding, even if I don't understand like the music theory per se. Like I understand like a beat, right? And like what right. goes with what. And then like if I have like the tools at my disposal, it's like it becomes super easy to mix two songs together and make it sound natural, right? And so I, I to your point is like I do think that like that leads to more creativity because then somebody like myself who's an amateur can then also maybe come up with something that like is really like goes really viral or something that people like, right? And when you open up uh, all that access to people is like when you get like kind of like this this explosion of creativity of the possibilities of it because people that otherwise wouldn't be able to make music have the op the optionality to do that right and that's music art you know spreadsheets code like all these things right like exactly. I, I've, I've been fucking around with ChatGPT so much over the yeah. last like m month and a half at this point two months and like i'm just like oh man like i can't wait till it gets access to the internet I can't wait until I can like start using it in like um, my telegram so I can like start like communicating directly with it without having to go to the prompting uh, the website. And I actually I can't wait for like the next version of it that apparently is supposed to be like so much better than than what we see out there already, which would blow my mind because I like it's already like so awesome and uh, and easy to work with already. So exactly. I, I think I think one of the things that I was actually having this conversation yesterday uh, with a friend of mine. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is like when you talk about IP, right? And for instance, like once you have, let's say, I think it's like at least 10 like samples of whatever it is out in the real world, you can then like create something off of that using as like your baseline, right? So mm -hmm. for instance, like if I drew like um, a painting in the style of Picasso, right? Like it would be like, let's say like a horse in the style of Picasso. And then like it would come out as that. Then the question becomes right. whose IP is that, right? Like, Cause I think that those are like the questions that I think a lot of artists and a lot of creatives and a lot of lawyers are gonna be trying to figure out over the next five to 10 years is like, okay, if you were the inspiration for that song, do you, do you get royalties off of that because it was used off of that? Like how right. do you track that one? Like I, I want to know, like it, I know there's a, a super, super gray area and I feel like this is something that like is probably going to go to the Supreme Court at some point over the next decade. But I mm -hmm. want to know what your thoughts on it as a creative if like somebody would be like, oh shit, like I love OMG Kirby style. I want to make music in that style, but like not, not have it be like produced by OMG Kirby per se. Look, what are I think your thoughts on that if somebody were to do that? I think my take is probably maybe slightly more controversial than I think other artists or musicians might think. But, um, you know, I think even like our NFT project really highlights it. But I think music is a collaborative sport. I think for years and years, you know, one thing inspires another thing. People sample, interpolate other things, you know, like hit songs have had like multiple lifetimes. Like, 
you know, whether it's uh, like even like Jack Harlow's number one song that was his biggest track ever was a renewed, a new version of like a Fergie track, right? That was her biggest song. And it's like, uh, like 10 years later. And I think that like a lot of great stuff comes from like sampling and changing things around. And obviously within those structures and in the current music industry, like if you're sampling stuff, it's out there officially. People work out royalties. They work out splits. They work out that kind of like IP structure of stuff. But um, a lot of my favorite songs growing up were like, bootleg remixes on YouTube or SoundCloud that I can't listen to because like it, it wasn't clearable and things are really challenging to clear in the music industry because it's a very clunky and kind of like archaic structure. And so even with our like NFT projects and the drops of like allowing our fans and the collectors to own the IP and own the music that's being made and being encouraged to take it and like remix it and experiment with it and, and do things on top of it was like kind of the idea of being like, look, that's just the reality of the internet, right? Like if you're on like Instagram, you're watching like memes that are using clips from other movies and like it's just sort of the reality of like the world we live in. It moves really fast. People like to like be a part of like culture and a zeitgeist and experiment with different mixes and mediums of like other things that are other people's IPs. And I think you have to kind of like allow for it and almost encourage it. And so that was like our, our NFT drop was that. It was like, cool, we're, we're making generative music, generative art. Like, go do anything you want with it. Go build on top of it. Put it in, in your podcast. Make your own, like, song off of this. And, like, we wanted people to to have that ability. Um, but I also understand that, like, you know, there's people out there that are like, hey, I, I put a lot of, like, labor and time and effort into, like, something that now maybe other people are finding ways to monetize off of. So there definitely needs to be some type of, like, structure and balance to, like, protect artists and, and their kind of creatives to it. But especially with music, like, Music and, and excitement and monetizing music is so much more than just the music itself. It's building the artist brand, right? It's connecting with the fan base. It's um, it's getting the music out there in the right way and distributing it the right way. It's live performances. Uh, it's it's you know finding stuff that kind of really cuts through and like it's it's really challenging. Like a hundred thousand songs get uploaded to Spotify every single day, right? So it's like there's so much that kind of goes into it that. If someone was using a chat GPT music prompt and was like, I want to beat like OMG Kirby and then they did something on top of it and like made a hit song and it went number one, fucking awesome. That's great. Happy to have provided inspiration and been like a, a template for them to like do something. That's the idea even with the NFT. Like I, I want people to download and or like own these NFTs and make hit songs on top of it. You know, we had big music artists like Jaden Smith, like buy them, collect them and been like, oh, we're, we're I'm remixing it for my own album. Like awesome. And like. We won't have any royalties, we won't have any ownership of whatever he makes and does with it. But like, that's cool. It's cool to like inspire, like art inspires other art. Um, so that's a bit yeah, of like it's... my take, but I do see, like, I, I think like, that's not kind of like my music take, but I think that it's different maybe across other industries, right? Like, I, I think that there's other aspects of things that, that can be kind of more complicated and challenging. But I think that there's going to have to be a world in which like artists or creators or people putting IP out there have the ability to at least like opt in or opt out, right? Like, be like, I don't want my writing or I don't want my music or I don't want my art or my content to be just sort of like scraped and used into this machine learning algorithm. I, I'd like to like but, opt out of it. So, so like, I guess my challenge on that is like, there is no opt out, right? Like, cause if I wanted to say like create, let's call it like a black hat, like machine learning algorithm, I could just like literally download like my favorite artists that had opted out, put feed that into the algorithm and then spit out, you know, stuff yeah. in their image. Yeah. So like it becomes really hard, right? Because it's it's almost like because of technology, it's like you really can't, like it, it's tough, and it's going to be like I think I, I really do think this type of some some case like this is going to the Supreme Court very soon yeah. because these are going to be issues that need to be resolved because like even if like I'm an artist and I'm like okay well 
Picasso was my inspiration, right? Like as a human, my, Picasso was my inspiration. Like, you know, what if Picasso didn't want me, didn't want him like to be my inspiration, right? It's like, it's kind of like the same thing. It's really hard. It's super meta. I feel like every time I get into these conversations on AI, I'm like, my head starts to hurt. Like if I have the conversation too late in the day, I'm like, wow, like I need to go, I need to take a nap before I start thinking about this. But yeah. I do think that like it, it, it brings up like a lot of interesting questions, right? Like, and to your point is like, even when you think about, I guess, like how most musicians monetize right now and correct me if I'm wrong, but they do mostly by like everything except for like Spotify streams, right? Like Spotify streams, I feel like unless you're in the top like 1% of streamers, it generally doesn't pay very well. Like people make money off live performances and a bunch of other gigs, unless, unless I'm mistaken. I mean, it's, I think it's different for every artist. I mean, there's artists out there that don't stream super well, but they are booked for live shows and do super well there. There's artists that have sort of like certain brand deals or, you know, merchandising that does well, or there's artists that can stream super well too. I think it's a little bit, look, it, if you, I think when you think of like the scalability of music and you think of these huge, crazy numbers and then what Spotify is paying, it feels really low. But at the same time, if you're, streaming pretty well like you can you can make pretty good money from it also so it, it's it's i think it's a it's a whole kind of package and it's it's different for, for each artist right on that end of things but i, I agree now, with you on you... Like, yeah sorry go ahead. you you agree on what no i was saying I, I agree on your take that's like it's it's very complicated like there's levels to this thing on the the ip aspect of like machine learning right like like you said like we're already inspired like we'll be in the studio and i'll be like Let's make some drums that have like, you know, a Travis Scott kind of snare, right? But like Travis Scott doesn't own a piece of the song, but obviously like while we're making it, like everyone uses references. I, I, I can guarantee when you're, when you're creating your fashion line, like you had references, you know, like, Every, of course. Yeah. And that, that's the thing is everybody, had, like, it, it's funny, like to your point of, of you were saying, like, we're probably not going to have like AI generated music. Like, so, like it could, that, that part could be taking longer, but like, to your point is like, you're, you'll you'll make something based off of a reference and then you'll you'll use that as a tool to then like make it exactly the way you like it. But it's like, it just saves you time, right? And like, I, I think you see that on the creative, I've seen that with, with AI already on like, not only the creative side where like, I'm able to uh, mood board like a lot of the things, like for instance, like I mood boarded uh, the pop-up uh, that, that I did in Miami. I mood boarded that with uh, Mid Journey, right? And I just kept on saying, okay, I like, you know, I, I, I did the prompt. And then I just like kept editing those prompts of like, oh, this, this, this. And then like, that's how I got to like my final product. And then obviously that wasn't good enough to let's say, you know, need to be tweaked and have like that human intervention, but like it saved, I don't know, right. five to 10 hours at least from like, just like the mood boarding side. Uh, and in terms of like where it is that we want to take this. Right. And I, I think it's just like, if people see it as a tool and understand that like the, the faster and the more you can embrace this type of technology, the better off you'll be, right? And I use the example of, of like pretty much like a hundred years ago, where I'm sure you know. I think Henry Ford said this, where if you ask people what they wanted a hundred years ago, they would have told you they wanted a faster horse, right? Like yeah. they wouldn't have told right, you they wanted right. a car, right? Exactly. And so then I'm sure when cars started rolling out, people were like, but what about all the stable owners and all the haymakers and all this stuff? And meanwhile, like the automotive industry you know, it's revolutionized, the, you know, everything, right? Like, just mm -hmm. like manufacturing in general. And it's like, I think we're going to start seeing that, like, in terms of like, productive, productivity gains, not only in, in the arts, in the creative side, but also on like, you know, the, the traditional side of like spreadsheets and, you know, running businesses and stuff like that. So 
I think it's I think it's really cool. Uh, I I think we're all at some point we're all gonna get um, we're all gonna be obsolete in terms of like a machine will be able to do anything that humans can do uh, but sure. better. Um, and we just have to embrace it. Like we can't sit there and be like, no, this is this is too good. We should stop it. Um, and we just have to figure out how to harness it. Have you been so. able? Have you been using AI a lot or machine learning a lot in your creative process? I mean, with you know, I, I wouldn't say it's AI necessarily. Was we were like the the NFT drops, but sort of like in generative music and art, kind of like building an algorithm that can sort of feed and take inputs that we're creating and making to kind of then output. Um, art and music has, has kind of been like the song and dance of trying to understand and learn it. Um, and I, I, I want to make it better and better. You know, with each of our drops, we've tried like challenging that. And it's, I think it comes a bit more from like um, a production process. That's, that's really challenging and, inter and, and interesting. But I think in the future, like, it'd be really cool. Like I, I want to be able to make it. So it's like, instead of it being like a song and dance to create like generative art, instead it is AI that like, is just honestly, we're just feeding it sounds and it's just taking those sounds and kind of like, blending more creativity, the AI deciding like what sounds good where and trying to like piece and put things together versus us being like, oh, it's sort of like more randomized or it's like generatively um, created. So it's something that like for, for the NFT drops and the music that's been created there, it's been us trying to like understand and, and learn it and like, you know, like you said, embrace it and, and use it as a way to like try new forms of creativity and music. Um, and I only want to go deeper in it, honestly. Like there's like, there's certain tools I want to develop for it. Like I think that, uh, as we're talking this stuff of like it being a tool like and assistant, um, I want to build something that like allows, I think that like, if you produce or make music, oh, everything is almost like synthesizers now. Uh, if, if you're making music like on a computer for the most part, you can kind of like make any sound sound like something using different sort of synths, but most synthesizers still require a lot of like inputs and stuff that like requires at least some type of technical ability to know what you're doing or maybe you don't know what you're doing you're kind of fucking and messing around with all them or a lot of people like download like people that do know what they're doing and they, they'll download that sample and allow them to be like oh it sounds like this synth or this sort of bass but um it's not the most intuitive process and i think that like like kids grow up playing video games kids grow up uh like drawing and sketching in a color book right kids grow up in a way of just sort of more like intuitive creativity that how can we create like tools that are like more intuitive from like a musical creativity standpoint that I think probably requires like AI. Like even like imagine you're kind of writing and making a chord progression and then AI is being suggesting like, oh, by the way, I think like based on these sounds and these inputs, I think this could sound really good next. Like, you know, based on understanding music theory that maybe this kid doesn't understand as much, like try, try this or like this sound is cool. Or you being like, I want a, like a tinny snare that sounds like it's in a future song and like the synth can kind of like, try to make a version of that by being fed a prompt versus you like messing around with waveforms um, and EQ filters to like make that sound sound the best, you know? Then it's like, it's more just like, it's the coloring book. It's like being a kid and being like, what do I like? What do I want to hear? What do I want to draw? What do I want to put out there? And you're kind of like more intuitively creating stuff. So I think AI is going to like be extremely impactful there. And that's an area I want to, I want to further explore. And then I think with our, with our NFTs and, and the web three music we've been making, going deeper into like AI assisting and supporting the creation and like the possibility of it, which is, you know, I think we've started there, but it's still pretty elementary, but I want to go, go much deeper. Cool. And then uh, is this all stuff that you want to do with OMG Kirby, like, and as like experimenting with, with the brand and the drops that you're putting out and all this stuff, like what's, what's next for you and, and what you're working on? Um, yeah, I think next is next is just continue to like build and make great art and music. Uh, 
we have an EP coming out that's a it's like more of a dance music EP, uh, kind of sound in like a little bit of the lane of like a lot of the the music that we were like you know working with you on for for the uh, you know for the the Art Basel event and stuff like that. But it's all coming from us sampling ourselves. So the idea of our NFT projects, we're like, hey, you own this music, you own this IP, do anything you want with it, and we encourage it. We want people to like build derivative works from it. And then we were like, why don't we build our own derivative work from our own collection? So. We have this like EP album coming called Collections that is our our version of us sampling and us like kind of building a derivative work from the NFTs that we've made. It's it's really dope. I'll have to, I'll have to send it to you. And we're gonna be rolling that out soon. Um, Want to do more more like generative music drops, uh, but I think it's about kind of continuing to further and push the boundaries on it. So the first one, the Genesis, was sort of like, hey, is this even possible? Right? Can we make generative music that like sounds really fucking good and people like want to like listen to this and, and like it. And, uh, and we did, you know, people would download them and upload them to Spotify and they got like the biggest lo-fi beats playlist in the world. Like, you know, people like artists like James Smith, were like these are dope and are rapping over the beats. Like people built or use them into like their, their podcasts and like their, their video content. And I was like, okay, we can achieve that. The channel trace drop was like, what if we did this with another artist that's like super cultural and has a very distinct voice and distinct sound that we can like integrate into our universe. And would this artist be cool with like, their fans also owning their sounds and their music and their own versions of it and try something that was totally new. And that was the first time that that had ever happened. That was kind of like more groundbreaking from like a music industry standpoint. And like that drop wasn't conformed to like one BPM or one key. Like the music could kind of like, you could get one drum sound, but the drum sound could exist in like a lot of different kind of like formats and tempos um, and keys, which is really, which is really cool. Um, diversifying sort of like the mix of sounds and like what that collection sounds like. And so I think with the next one, it's just like, how do we go further, right? So like, do is it is it going further on like a technological aspect of like the AI integration? Is it going further in terms of uh, collaborating with an even bigger artist? Is it going further from uh, ways that like people can, I don't know, work or, or, or like, um, I don't know, just, just like consume the music. Like, I, you know, we have different kind of ideas around like around that. So I think the next drop will be kind of another what? collaborative drop with a, with a big artist. But I want to like, even level up like the actual product and the music and the art and what you're kind of getting. And yeah. What, uh, could, could you tease a little bit on what you're thinking about? Like on different ways to consume the music? Yeah. Like we have like, like ideas of like different serums and like, I, I just want to go deeper into like, uh, the, the music itself being like, I, I'm kind of imagining like you can kind of build other derivative drops that are interesting that integrate and morph the music that you're creating and doing. So imagine there being like a serum that's like it reverses and slows and reverbs and like flips out drums. And suddenly you can kind of like take other things that then are integrated into changing and morphing the actual like code and the music itself that you already own to now make new versions of it that are also kind of randomized in it. That, uh, I don't know if it makes sense or, or not. And like, I'm still kind of like, it's all sort of being workshop, but the idea of like, I think it's like music before is like, you like a song, you listen to it, you like, cool. You'll, you'll go buy the vinyl of it. Then it was like, you like it. Now you can have it on demand instantaneously and you stream it on Spotify, you know, with like the, our NFT drops, like those are, those have been like our albums, right? Like instead of doing a song or an album with channel trace, we were like, let's go build an input and create a lot of sounds and have those sounds be randomly generated and morphed into like, these collections that then you own. And I want to go keep going deeper into like just building new mediums and forms of like how you can like 
integrate or work or consume with music versus it just being like, hey, here's your song and listen to it. Like I, I have ideas around like how fans can engage. Like is there ways for them to input their own things that then are like integrated into the, the generative music that they get? Um, so I just think that like, I always say this all the time, the music industry is, is, a, is a pie, right? Like Drake competes with Beyonce. Beyonce competes with Taylor Swift. Like we were also competing with like the 100,000 songs that are all coming out every single day. And we're all fighting for the same pie. It's all a consumption economy. It's all trying to like consume the same thing and like it's share of listenership, right? So the more someone's listening to one thing, they're listening to you less and you're making less money and you're getting less attention to it. And like that's a really weird way to design an industry that's like built on art and creativity. And so I'm like, we have to build on top of the pie, not all fight for that same share. And like to build on top of it, it means creating new mediums, creating new art forms, creating new new forms and styles of music or new forms of consumption or integration. Um, and that's sort of like, that's been a big core pillar of the, the inspiration around like our, our Web3 music and what we're trying to build and create. Right, yeah. And I, I see a lot of similarities to the way I'm thinking about things too, because especially with uh, the Art Basel pop-up that we did, one of the things that, you know, it's like people would walk in and they'd mint an NFT, right? And that was based mm -hmm. off an algorithm. And they had like, outside of then like pressing the button, they had no input into like what gets generated, right? What gets mm -hmm. generated from that generative algorithm. And like, I was like, what would be cool at some point is like, what if they like input something, right? Whether it's like a word or like an adjective or whatever it is and how that then gets, uh, that then gets inserted into the algorithm so that each output is unique where each person has their own input into that algorithm and makes it that much more unique rather than just like something that's random, right? And then that you, you get to feel that sense of ownership even more than you would have, uh, where, where you see that people already have that sense of ownership of things that are generative because they're unique and they're one of ones, but like how much more of a sentimental value and how much more of a connection is there if, you know, if like I input, you know, the word blue and you input the word red and we have different outputs but they're each unique and our own and we like them right like i think that there's a lot to be said for that right I, I think that that's like kind of like the next evolution of all of this right is like okay here we have these generative algorithms where each one is unique but they're all similar but now it's like how how do you start making them so that they're unique but you have input as the user right and it's like maybe you don't have total creative input but you have at least maybe one little tweak here and there to kind of make it a little bit more individualistic and a little bit more uh, sentimental to you as the end user. Totally, I think that's like yeah, that's you create more of that emotional connection, right? And like I think that's that's dope that you're you're thinking about it this way and, and doing kind of a similar thing. But I think like everyone's always listened to music and thought of like an, their own kind of idea or form of it or been like or had their favorite artist drop an album. They're like, oh, I wish it sounded a little bit more like this or like whatever it is. And I think there's artists out there that that take really interesting ways to get like fan feedback. And obviously even today with like TikTok, like artists tease songs before they drop them to kind of see like, oh, do my fans like this? Is this one doing well? Like kind of almost building an audience for the music before the music comes out and exists. Um, but I think that if you can optimize towards like making things feel more special, more unique to to the fan, to create that emotional connection, to give them that more of that sense of ownership, like you said, um, or at least have their inputs uh, more directly uh, you know, inspire what the music is, you're going to just kind of create, I think just, just more like interesting art or give people like different optionality with it. Um, it's why like, you know, for a while and, and we'll go back to it, we're dropping a song like every week, you know, we have hundreds of songs out there when we're dropping the collections, we have thousands of songs and it's like, you go on open scene, click through and find the one that kind of connects. Like, I think the fun part about 
our drops were always like, yeah, there's rarity metrics with the songs, which is which is like fun, right? And kind of like gamifies the the idea of like, oh, which ones you know are you, are you getting and not? But like when you were minting one, maybe you minted one, you're like, I kind of like what this sounds like, but I don't love the song. And you go and open, see so you're clicking around. Like music is subjective, right? Like just as like art and fashion and all these things kind of are. And I think like the fun part of it was was like it's more about finding the track or the music that like you connect with most emotionally. And there's kind of like almost these like endless randomized variations of that, that you can kind of like find and click through. Or maybe when you mint it, you get the perfect one or maybe by, because you minting it, right. And it was you doing it or the input that you gave, you're like, you love it, right. It is the perfect one for you because you're like, Oh, this is the one that like the universe or in this case, the algorithm serves to you. Right. It's, it's, it's really, uh, it's funny you say that because I've had these conversations a lot uh, with regards to generative art uh, from the visual side where it's like just because something's rare doesn't necessarily mean like you find it aesthetically pleasing, right? It's like, okay, it's rare. There's less instances of it. But like I think we're going to start seeing like over the course of time is like in some collections, what is the rarest might not always be what's worth the most, right? Because it might not be the most aesthetically pleasing thing to the human eye, right? And so it's mm -hmm. like there could be something that is – technically less rare, but people like more that could um, appreciate more in value over the long term. I think it's gonna be really interesting to watch that play out because like you said, it's like, it's very subjective and what could be aesthetically pleasing now might not be aesthetically pleasing 100 years from now or 500 years from now, right? Because tastes change and we all know that, right? Like, because humans always evolving in our thoughts and like the memes that surround society. Um, Kirby, thank you for, for, for hopping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, showing, you know, giving us, you know, your thoughts on AI and the creativity spaces. I do think that that's like super, super important to keep in mind going forward. And then more importantly, like, you know, producing this, this track, like literally in five minutes. So oh, yeah. really super impressive. And you've been awesome to work with. So, I mean, I, I, I love like jamming with you every time we get a chance to talk. No, man, I appreciate you having us on. Like, this is awesome. This is great. This has been, uh, it's been fun. I'll, I'll bounce to the track, make sure it gets Lisa's approval, send it over so you guys can, we can queue it up right now on the, on the, on the outro as well, too. So people can, can vibe out to it, you know, give me a little bit. But yeah. No, this is great. G, uh, love it. We'll talk soon. Let's hang in LA. Let's make some music. Well, let's, let's, let's do a lot more stuff, man. Awesome. Great.